that's so exciting, isn't it, to see what is happening in the area of missions. You know, this year alone there's been three major fields. We have uh, Pastor Suresh in Sri Lanka. He's got a whole group of churches we've been working with for a number of years, and he's brought those in under Elam. And uh, then we have in Bangladesh, and now we've got the team up in Vietnam at the moment. And uh, that's on top of all the other fields that we're involved in as well. So just a, exciting to be, see what God is doing around the world. Great to be with you today. Seems like so long ago, since uh, too long ago since we were here. Last time, you only had one service, so uh, got to work a bit harder this time. Uh, but it's good to be with you guys. And as Pastor Mike said, uh, uh, Pastor Mike, uh, just doing an amazing job here. And uh, just really great to see uh, you and the team and everything that's happening in this place and as Pastor Mike said, they're doing a series on You Ask For It. And uh, one of the questions uh, that uh, people often ask is, you know, about the call of God. How do we know the call of God? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't have a clue. You know, it's different for everyone. It's just one of those things like you know that you know. It, there's no real answer. You know, God speaks to you and, and, and maybe all I can share is maybe something of my story and, and uh, maybe, uh, you know, some of the characters out of the Bible. And uh, you might identify with some of the things that happen in their lives with your own life. And uh, that will give you a little bit of encouragement uh, on understanding and uh, clarifying the call of God. Uh, the New Testament teaches us that the stories in the, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, they are written as examples. So stories about Noah and Jonah and all these different characters of the Old Testament. They're written as examples for us so that we can learn from them. And one of the characters that I've really learned a lot from in the Old Testament is Abraham. Uh, his life stories are amazing. And uh, I've learned a whole lot about the whole journey of uh, faith through uh, Abraham. And uh, the verse that really has dominated my own ministry is a verse that was spoken to Abraham in Genesis chapter 13. You've got your notes there in verse 14. And he said, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, look around from where you are to the north, the south, to the east and west. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring or your seed forever. And this was like my life verse when we started the church in Howick. Um, my office, we started in Howick Intermediate School Hall. And my office was in my garage. And I took out the roller door and put in uh, a door in, in there. And, and then I had a map of Howick and Pakaranga that was just above the area there. And so when I sat at my desk, I could look up, I could see this map. And I wrote this verse under it. All of the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring, your seed forever. And so this was like a prophetic word that I felt God had given to me for this church that we were starting. And in my limited understanding, I thought that this was for the community there in Hawak and Pakaranga. And uh, there was about um, uh, 60,000 people that were living there at the time. And then East Tam Tamaki Corridor, which bordered on that going out to Manukau City, it was projected for another 40,000 people to go and live out there. I thought 100,000 people. That will keep me going for the rest of my life. I thought this was just great. I went to church where I could be for the rest of my life. And that was as far as I could see. How many know that God's ways are not our ways and God's thoughts are not our thoughts? Aren't you happy that God is not limited to our understanding? You know, today God has done exceedingly beyond anything which I had in my imagination uh, way back there about 33 years ago. And so Abraham, he carried this promise from God uh, over his life. He left Ur where he grew up. He 
uh, was now living in a tent. Uh, he must have wondered why he left the security of Ur from our understanding of uh, Ur. It was a very sophisticated city. Uh, it was a very prominent city in its day. And so Abraham, he left the security of the city uh, to go out into an unknown future. Living in a tent, uh, he had no idea uh, what was ahead of him. And uh, when we started the church in Halleck, I can remember the feeling uh, of leaving the security of my previous church. I was pastoring a church, and we had a nice building. Uh, we had a youth pastor and secretarial staff. I had a, a salary, and uh, so uh, it was very comfortable. And then we were moving into something new. Uh, it was scary. At that stage, we had four children. And uh, so leaving the security of what we had to go into that was an unknown future. And so when God came and said to Abraham, I'm going to give you land, what a relief that must have been. He must have thinking, land, I can put a house on it, I can farm it. In those days, land meant that you had an income, you had security. You know, that must have been a huge relief for him. Abraham, he was thinking about land for himself and for the family that he hoped to have. But God was thinking about generations. See, God is no man's debtor. Whatever he asks you to sacrifice, he will give it back to you in abundance. He is no man's debtor. So we find that 13 years later, God appears to Abraham. He says in Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, he says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will greatly increase your numbers. This is Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You'll be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be, Ab will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. And I will make you very fruitful. And I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you, and I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. This is the first voice that Abraham hears from God after 13 years. Sometimes it's not so much the times when God speaks to us that we need to highlight, but it is the long periods of, periods of silence when he doesn't speak at all. How many have found that out? You know, it's not so much that we need faith when God is talking, like when I know what God is saying. When I, you know, I don't need faith. I'm up, I'm off. You know, I'm running with that when I know what God is saying. Uh, but when God says nothing at all, you know, I, I don't need revelation when I've got information. You know, I can go with that. But when all you have is a promise. Maybe all you've got is a verse and something from Scripture. And, you know, apart from that, the, the heavens are silent and there's nothing at all. It's like, God, God is dead. Like, God, where are you? I'm wanting to obey you, but I'm hearing nothing at all. Where are you? You know, that is, you know, that is the times, you know, that are the struggle. Have you ever felt like that? What happens in this time? You feel, you feel that God is calling you and then you begin to take some steps in the direction of that calling and then everything seems to start to go wrong. Or you feel that God is calling you and you take some steps and then the heavens go silent. You know, what happens in that time? Let me just give you a few possibilities. First one I got down here is that God brings us to the end of us, ourselves. Think about how much had happened in those 13 years since God last spoke to Abraham. Think how much life had changed for him in those 13 years. 13 years, God said nothing, but he saw everything. 
He was looking at it. He's letting Abraham walk for 13 years. He's stumbling along in his own strength, trying to make the promises of God happen in his life. Uh, he's, he's just doing stuff there, one mistake after another. He takes in Hagar, if you know the story, and then, you know, he thinks, well, I'm not going to have a child through my wife. And so uh, Sarah suggests having one through Hagar. And so we know that Ishmael is born. He's trying to bring about the promises, the call of God in his own strength. He's just working at it, failure after failure, and God saw it all. See, you may not see God in the times of silence, but God sees you. And sometimes you just feel like maybe you like that seed that's like just buried in the ground and it's just like there in darkness and there's nothing that's happening at all. It's just like buried there. And God interrupts this 13 years of silence between him and Abraham after Abraham had tried everything he could to bring about the call of God in his own strength. I remember sensing the call of God on my life to be a pastor. And I had my own business and then I had to close that. I was uh, used to make furniture, but also made uh, uh, some boat seats for a company, and uh, they went broke. And uh, so uh, I wound up my business, and then I thought, well, I was sensing this call of God. We had uh, two children at that time, and uh, sensing this call of God. So I thought, well, we'll go to Bible college and to go and prepare for it. Um, there was no married accommodation at a Bible college, so we had to live in a caravan with an awning, dirt floor. Marilyn really loved that, and uh, that was great. And uh, so we went to Bible, in the end of Bible college, no door open for ministry. If somebody had said to me, there's a church in Timbuktu of 20 people looking for a pastor, I would have loaded the family in the car, we would have been gone. And uh, I just felt that call of God, but there was nothing at, at all. So I went back to working for myself, and then, after a while, I thought, well, it'd be great to go and live in a, a, another country in a different culture. I didn't want to go to Australia. Like, Australians live there, eh? You know, who wants to go there? But... So we went and lived up in Vanuatu for a, for a while. And, um, you know, then uh, we came back and, and uh, still nothing happened, you know. So I went and worked for a friend building swimming pools for a, a little while, still believing that I had this call of God to go into ministry. And I've always had problems with my ears when I was uh, about uh, 10 or 11 years old and swimming a lot, and I perforated both my eardrums. And uh, so I had trouble with my ears right through those years. And then when we were up in Vanuatu and swimming in the coral water, they really got aggravated, it got really bad. And so when we came back, uh, I needed to get uh, them attended to. And so I was going to the specialist. He was clearing them all up, getting them ready to uh, put a skin graft on the two holes in, 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 in my ears. And uh, in the meantime, I had a big lump come up on the side of my face. I got a bit of a dent, dent there. And they thought it was a tumor on the product land. And so uh, fortunately it wasn't. But they, they cut it open and took that out. But when they cut it open, they put sterilizing solution around. And it went through the hole in my eardrum and took my hearing away. And uh, so now I had no hearing in my left ear. I still don't. And uh, I had about 60% hearing in my right ear. And... I thought, that's it. You know, I, I can no longer be a pastor. I, ca I can't hear people. Someone would come and they'd be talking to me about how their dog had died and the cat had fallen down the chimney or something like that. And I'd say, praise God, that's awesome, you know. I didn't have a clue what they were talking about, you know. I thought, I can't be a pastor if I can't hear people. And uh, so I gave up the dream. About two months later, the elders of the church that we were attending at that time asked me if I would become the pastor. 
And uh, we pastored there for three years, and the church just grew like crazy through that time. And then we started the Elam Church in Hammock. And again, God has blessed us to what we have today. You know, with the five campuses, they tell me there's about 12,500 people that are part of the Elam Christian Center. And uh, we've got, you know, over 1,200 students in our school, uh, 200 staff. You know, God has just blessed us amazingly. You know, when we come to the end of ourselves, then finally God can work. And so the Lord appears to Abraham after 13 years of silence. And he says, I am God Almighty. Verse 3 says that Abraham fell on his face before him and God began to speak to him as only God can speak. He says, your name shall no longer be called Abram, it shall be Abraham. It's not a suggestion, it's not a request, it's a command. He says, I'm going to show you now who you really are. You've been trying for 13 years to bring about this call that I've placed over your life in your own strength. Now I'm going to come and I am going to make it happen. You know, there are some truths that God cannot tell us in earlier times because you just haven't been through enough stuff to, uh, to, for, for God to be able to do what he wants to do uh, through your life. You aren't prepared enough. Sometimes you have to go through uh, failure so that you destroy the ideas, the idols that you've got in your own mind. We work out, out in our own mind how things are going to happen. We've got it all worked out. We've got it all planned, how it's going to happen, what it's going to look like. We have all these pictures in our mind of how it's going to all happen. We have these dreams, but there is a process before the promise. And we find that if God would speak, when our minds are full of all of our own opinions, there would be a war that would go inside of our minds. We would not be able to fulfill or accomplish the things that God. God has to take it, and sometimes he has to bring all those ideas that we've got in our mind to an end and total failure. And suddenly you realize that you are not as smart as you thought you were. You're not as bright as what you thought you were. You're not as good as what you thought you were. Finally, you come to the end of your rope, and then God shows up. Thirteen years of silence, and he appears of all the patience of an eternal being. God is unmoved by time. God can wait it out. If you think you're tough, if you think you're stubborn, God says, I've got more time than what you've got. I can afford to wait. He is eternal. He'll let us squirm and struggle with the battles in our own mind until our idols of of ourselves are pulled down. Then he can speak. And he can speak because he is the ancient of days. He is the beginning and the end. He is almighty God. God appears to Abraham and says, now you've tried everything. Now I'm going to come and show you my power. I can imagine Abraham thinking, why didn't you do it when I was younger? You know, why didn't you do it when I was settled in a home? Why did you wait until this stage in my life? I'm 99. Maybe if you had done it when I was 20, I could believe it. Maybe if you're going to do it 40, maybe I could believe it. But 99, impossibles. God says, I'm still going to do it because I am God Almighty. 99 years is nothing to me. Now I'm going to come and to bless you. God says, you weren't ready earlier. I had to take you through a process before you could get to the promise. You weren't on a level to receive. I had to bring you to a place where you could receive, where I could work in your life. See, just when you've given up, just when the situation looks hopeless, he says, now I'm going to bless you. When it looks impossible, God says, now I'm going to work.
Second point I got down here is that circumstances mean nothing against God's word. We were 38 years old when Marilyn and I started the church in Halleck. And uh, some of our young leaders are doing an amazing job, uh, been in ministry like about 15 years. Some are like, you know, young fellas like Mike. You know, we've got some of our lead pastors still only in their mid-30s. And they've been in ministry about 15 years. And I can think, you know, what an amazing uh, future that they've got. I think, God, I'm 71. Why didn't you start a bit earlier? You know, Think of all the things that we could have done, you know, the whole lot more that we could have done if, if you'd only started a little bit earlier. Do you know that God can do more in a moment than what we can do in a lifetime on our own? He is God Almighty. See, there is not just a calling that we have in our life, but there is also a timing. The Bible says an inheritance hastily gained is easily lost. We see that with people, don't they? They win the lottery and then, you know, a couple of years later they blow on the lot. An inheritance hastily gained is easily lost. You may have a calling from God, but you are not ready yet for that calling that God has for you. God says when he's ready, he calls us out who we really are. He says, you're no longer Abram. Now you're going to be called Abraham. It's a destiny change. When God is ready, he just brings everything. He causes it all just to line up so it all just fits perfectly, comes into order because he is God Almighty. And Sarah was past childbearing. But when God's seed hits a dead thing, it brings it back to life. He calls this old man a father of many nations. Sound crazy? When God called me to preach, it sounded crazy. Like I was so shy or so introverted. Marilyn's mother, she used to say, that boy drives me crazy. Never says anything. <laughs> I was just so introverted. You know, God takes the foolish things of this world. That's how you know it's God. He calls you to do something that is beyond our human ability. He asks us to do something that we could not do uh, without him. He asks you to do something that does not fit in with your circumstances or maybe your situation. It may be your body, but it's going to be his seed. It may be your mouth, but it's going to be his voice. It may be your hand, but it's going to be his strength. Maybe your mind, but it's going to be his intelligence. The battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. And the seed of destiny hits what looks impossible in your life and births it into life. Circumstances mean nothing against God's word. And then the third thing I want to say is that it is the seed in you that God wants. It's the seed in you that God wants. After 13 years of silence, God comes to talk to Abraham. And he comes to talk to Abraham about what is in him. He says, Abraham, there are nations in you. God had placed a call over Abraham. There was a destiny over, over his life. See, the fight is always over what is in you. The fight is not over where you're at right now. See, he's, he's fighting over where you're going. He's fighting over what's next. He's fighting over the unborn potential that is in your life. See, there is a call that God has placed over our lives. That's where the battlefield is over the potential, the future of what God wants to do with our lives. God says to Abraham, you, you're talking to me about one child. I'm talking to you about nations. You, you, you're I'm coming to talk to you about generations. There are nations that are going to come out of your body. See, you may be talking to God about where next week's pay is going to come from. He's talking to you about 20 years down the road. See, you, you're talking about God, how you're going to get through next month. He's talking to you about generations. 
he's allowing you to have a, a struggle because sometimes there are some things that are only produced in a struggle that are not produced in good times. There are nations inside of you. See, sitting here today, there are nations inside of you. You know, there are churches inside of you. There, there are businesses inside of you. Musicians, you know, there, there are songs inside of you. You know, educators, there, there are schools in, inside of you. Uh, there, there are great-great-grandchildren inside of you. We, we're not just living for today. And in spite of, you know, our rebellion and our craziness, God keeps us and he sustains us for his purpose, his destiny. He said, I'm going to make you a father. I'm going to make you a life giver. I'm going to make you productive. I'm going to put things in you that life didn't give to you. I'm going to make up for what you lack. Why? Because I am the Lord God Almighty and there's no other like me. And then the fourth thing I want to say is that your seed will influence generations. Your seed will influence generations. See, God says, I didn't come down here to talk to you about what house you're going to live in or what clothes you're going to wear or what food you're going to eat. I'm coming to talk to you about generations. I know, you know, that we try to cultivate in our life a, 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 an attitude of prayer where we're talking continually to God. We're, 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 we're bringing the little things of life. We're talking them over with God, you know, and, and, and that's good. But we need to be careful that we don't reduce God just to every little decision that comes along our way. He's given you a brain. You know, sort that stuff out for yourself. Use your common sense. He's talking to us about generations. He's talking about nations. He says to Abraham, I'm going to give you a seed even though your body is shut down, even though your circumstances have closed, even though the conditions are adverse for what the prophecy says about you. He says, that's how you're going to know it's me. And the Bible says when, when God's seed, or Abraham's seed, which was really God's seed, came down and hit Sarah's womb, it brought life into Sarah's womb went down through 42 generations to Jesus Christ and continues on down through the generations and touches us today. See, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 6 in your notes says, So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scriptures foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. That's you and I, Gentiles. Scriptures foresaw that God would justify you and I by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Verse 14, Christ redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ. See, Abraham's seed is inside of us. We are called to be people of faith that will father nations see the verse says understand then those who have faith are children of abraham and god continues to bless generations through us today you know i look around at what god is doing through our children's ministry and through our youth ministry i look at the leaders that we're raising up around the nation through our leadership training college I look at the hundreds of thousands of children that are passing through our school and through our preschools. I, I look at the nations of the world that we're involved in, in, in missions. I see God blessing nations and blessing generations through the ministry of this church. See, I want to live for something that is bigger than just me and my little world. I don't want it to be all around I. 
You know, that is not important. We're, we're not building just for today. We're, we're building to influence generations. There's a seed that has been placed inside of you that is eternal, that is placed there by God. There is a call of God over your life. When God first called Abraham, he spoke his promise over his life. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 to 3. He said, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. See, if you're a child of God today, then that seed of Abraham is in you. And you are called to be a blessing to all the peoples of the earth. I love that verse in Psalm chapter 2 verse, uh, where it says, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the end of the earth for your possession. What an exciting destiny. What an exciting call that God has placed over our life. Man, you know, people can live for their own little things. Eh? God has given to us an amazing calling to touch nations, to touch generations, to be a blessing for him. Amen. That's a calling that each of us have. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we just thank you for that. We just thank you, O oh God, Lord, that we're called to be a people of faith. We're called to be a people, O oh God, Lord, that carry, O oh God, the promises of God down through the generations to bless the generations. Father, I just pray, O oh God, that you'll continue to inspire and lift us up to be a people that will be a people that will respond to your call. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we thank Luke? What a great message. This week, I, I knew what, what Luke was going to be sharing on, and I, I really felt like for some people, there was going to be a moment where you would be able to look past your circumstance and actually see the, the potential that God has on your life. And at the close of the service, we've got a wonderful ministry team that would love to pray with you. And if you're really feeling like that was a word for you today, that you're feeling like you've got to go beyond what you've been believing and be able to see into a future that is far greater than what you're, you're currently walking and living in. I really believe that God's going to do something in your life today. So please come at the close of the service and just receive some prayer. Get some people alongside you that can agree with you that uh, your best days are in front of you. Amen. Hey, um, as we close our service, you know, one of the things that why we open our doors every Sunday morning, the, the single most important reason is because we want, to know, we want to know that people have the opportunity to hear about the message of hope, the message of hope that is found in the name of Jesus. We've been singing about him. We've been, uh, we've been celebrating him. We've been inviting him to be in our service. And maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe your relationship with God has been something that's been in the past and you've walked away from him, but, but God's saying, I, I want your full attention. I want your whole life. I want your whole heart. Today, that invitation is for every single person. God's will for your life is to walk in relationship with Him. But that relationship with Him is broken because of sin in our lives. We were born into sin. It's part of what's been passed down through the generations. But there was someone who came and He broke the, the power of sin and death. His name is Jesus. And He died on a cross for you and for me so that we could have freedom. We could have eternal life in Him but it requires us making a decision. And I want to read something out of Romans 10. It says, What is God's living message? It is the revelation or the understanding of faith for salvation, which is the message that we preach. For if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will experience salvation. 
The heart that believes in him receives the gift of righteousness of God. That is right living in God and through God. And then the mouth gives thanks to salvation. For the scriptures encourage us with these words. Everyone who believes in him will never be disappointed. That is a promise worth believing. I'm going to pray a prayer and we're going to invite everybody, the whole church family to pray together. Inviting Jesus to come into our life, to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us, to make us new again. And if you're coming back to God, you've been away from Him, or maybe for the very first time you're saying, I need God in my life. I need the salvation. I need to be saved from my sin, from my mess. Would you pray this prayer in faith? The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, you believe that Christ was raised from the dead, you will receive the gift of salvation this morning. So let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Please forgive me for living life my own way. I confess my sins today and choose to follow you. Thank you for your new life. Thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, eye closed. We want to connect with you after the service. We want to help you start the journey with God. And we'd love to know who you are.